That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on that that says if Harrison Ford can still be Han Solo and Arnold can still be the Terminator, then I want a black hole sequel with Robert Forrester. Amen. <laughs> I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And we've got a heck of a show for you tonight. Uh, on last week's roulette, we had Avengers Grimm against The Fly. That was 1958, I believe. That mm-hmm. was the original. Yep. Uh, Vincent Price. Hmm. Good stuff. Looking forward to that review. So much so that I'm going to let you go first. Okay. While I pour a drink. Okay. Awesome. Uh, the Fly, 1958, Vincent Price. Um, <clears throat> I'm more versed in from the 60s on when it comes to horror movies. However, um, there are some gems pre-60, and I would consider this to be one of those movies. Uh, I did, of course, give it a thumbs up. Uh, it's, it's funny how the older the movies get, and maybe it's just a 50s thing, um, in fact, I think that Steve Miller would be a good one to ask this as far as being a connoisseur of, of uh, classic cinema, is this felt so much like a stage play to me, like actors walking around in fancy rooms talking to each other in Victorian, yeah. you know, oh, how, whether they, sh- it just the way they talked was very... Actors, n- acting. Actors, acting big, and yes. the, gr- the, the women are... Oh, beautiful! And just the way they act is so not how women act. Well, that's um, cl- that's classic cinema, yeah, stage acting too. Yeah. But, yeah. but having said that, I will say, and uh, David Cronenberg's version is is way, way, way better. And it's a whole another, it's a whole another yeah. creature. No, no pun intended. But it's a whole another thing. Um, but there's the the core story is still there. A scientist dabbles with things he shouldn't. Teleportation, things go wrong. I will say that. Um, I'm not, I'm gonna be spoiler free with this, but the end uh, is is horrifically horrifically comical, and it's not horrific, but it's, it's is it is it does it have something to do with help me help me? Yes, <laughs> I I've heard about that scene, I, that, which is why I want to see hilarious. It. And then and then the ending, very very ending, ends on such a cliche fifties type feel. You just yeah. I don't want to say what, it, but it's just like, oh, okay, there it is. The end. Yeah, I can um, imagine. I, I totally, totally dug it. I'm like, that, that, that's a cool old school movie. And on Netflix, the HD is very good on it. Uh, looks good. Uh, it, it Actually, for some reason, I was thinking that that was in black and white, but it's not. That's in color. Um, What? I thought that was a black and white movie. Uh, me too. That's in color. That, and it looks sure? great. It wasn't colorized or anything? If it was, I couldn't have told. I mean, it was a. It looked very Wizard of Oz ish, like bright, vibrant colors. Wow, I'm gonna have to look into that because I swear I thought that was supposed to be black and Me white. Me too. I know, and I know that House on Haunted Hill, Vincent Price is black and white. Uh, I guess I just assumed that this. That's was. a good it, movie. Have you seen that one? I have not, but I want to. It's a good movie. It's it's the same kind of uh, classic acting and classic feel, but that's a good movie. I have it. Is it anything remotely like? Uh, William Malone's 1990 House on Haunted Hill. I mean, kind of similar storyline, but it's not. It's not uh, nearly as scary, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, the ghosts and skeleton hands. It's all very props yeah. and sheets and stuff like that. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah. So anyway, I gave it a thumbs up. It's it's. Okay. I mean, it's it's not my style, my type, but yeah. it's very much one that I'm glad I watched. One to check off the list. I watched a classic horror movie. Nice. I will. I go. will definitely give that a chance. Um, when I get a chance. Okay. Uh, over on my side, I had Avengers Grimm, starring Casper Van Diem and Dean, and this was an Asylum picture. F you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched this asylum picture all the way through. You prick bastard! <laughs> I kind of, sort of did too. If that helps, kind of really. Okay, moving on to the next round. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna break this movie down. It's an it's it's an asylum. You get. I mean, you were talking about it either on your show or on our. Show. I can't remember what show, but uh, about how. Their covers look good, and sometimes the trailers are good, and every couple months you're just like, I'm going to give another one a chance. And then you do, which would be this one, I gave it a chance, and once, I, I by the end, I hate myself. F, mm -hmm. no, I don't hate myself, I hate them. Because yeah. there is not one single aspect of this movie that's good. F. No, not, there, not there, one. There's it was, nothing. It was terrible. And yes. what, here's what pisses me off is, you can tell... There's some sort of a budget on there. It looks mm -hmm. great. Um, it's slick. It's for me. It's fairly slickly shot. Well, you could tell everything is sincerely no assed. It's not even half assed. It's no assed. It's, and I don't it's get just, they what just they're do terrible doing. with every single. I know, and it's like you guys have that had to at least cost a million bucks, at least yeah. if not more. And you'd think with a million dollars they could. Do something better, maybe or no? Or, uh, I mean, get a. Get, I, I don't know because I don't know how they operate. You know, I understand why trauma movies come out the way they do because I understand how trauma operates. Yeah. I don't understand how Asylum operates. Uh, and I mean that as far as... Um, do they come in and, and pick a commercial director and like an ad guy and say, hey, here's your chance to make a movie and he throws all his passion into this project and it just turns out this shitty? Or is it like... Hey, I've and I want to be a director. I'm an artist. I have a vision, and I'm going to try and do this. And they're like, uh, "No, you're not. You're going to do this." And it just that's ends, what I'm, that's what I'm guessing because they all feel the same. So. They all feel and look the same. Yeah, I I totally am right there with you. And like you said, trauma. Like they're making a type of movie for a particular audience that generally likes that genuinely likes that stuff. Yeah, so I can't see anybody liking. Now, granted. I, there's one or two that I've seen from them that is passable, but everything else is just no. no utter. I I haven't seen one. I don't think they're all the same. <laughs> I hate them, miserable. I, and I not. I've said it before. I don't want us to be the kind of show that just constantly shits on movies. I mean, so every movie is somebody's favorite movie, uh, mm -hmm. but I just cannot have that kind of vision for Asylum. Nobody likes this. It's all about tricking people into yeah, watching well, it or something. I don't know. Yep. Okay, you gave me Point and Shoot, which was a documentary, wartime Iraq stuff, uh, Pussy Ride, A Punk Prayer. I'm sure there's lots of peas on that one that popped right off of my uh, <laughs> recording there. Uh, playback. Which I went to watch the trailer, and every time I did, it kept goofing up for some reason. It didn't oh. like the trailer, but I was like, "Ah, kids again." Oh no, I did. I watched half the half of it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a lot of kids, 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 
kids horror movie. Phantom <laughs> of the Opera, Empire State, and Green Street Hooligans Underground, which, as a big fan of the original Green Street Hooligans, that movie looks ridiculous. Uh, and it's another one with Scott Atkins. Scott Atkins, and yep. <laughs> it just looks so unnatural because they're setting up fights. Uh, yeah, I know. One-on-one, I... it was just like it's Mortal Kombat. Okay, I'm going to take uh, Empire State because... The Rock is in it, and I, 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 it looked like it was set in the 70s. Yeah, it looked cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, starring a not Thor Hemsworth. Um, yes. One of the other Hemsworth, the Billy Baldwin of Hemsworth, whoever that one is. That he's like third down the line, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which this, I, I, every time did... I see him, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. But, but this Rock, one did get a theatrical release, though, right? I have no idea. Because pretty much all of The Rock's movies get theatrical releases, it seems. If it did, it flew under my radar, or over yeah. my radar, whatever the case may be. But I was yeah. like, The Rock in the 70s kind of cop... I mean, I stopped watching the trailer about two-thirds of the way through. It was giving away the entire movie. Course, uh, yeah. So I just stopped. But uh, I'll take that one. Okay. Okay, and for me, I had uh, <laughs> General So. Um, what's the abbreviation for uh, the... Uh, it, it basically a documentary about Gen- General So uh, So's chicken and the mythology behind that, which sounds so cool. <laughs> yep. uh, An honest liar, another one that sounds really cool. Another documentary that sounds really good. Uh, that's about a guy that shows magicians tricks. Correct. Uh, that's what I get from the Netflix synopsis. Yeah, me too. Uh, Hell is for Heroes, an old uh, Steve McQueen movie. Yeah, World War Two Nazis, Steve McQueen. Yep. Uh, in Enemy Hands, uh, nine, uh, 2004 William H. Macy movie. Uh, oh, is that old? I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, 2004, yeah, German U-boat type movie. Sounds really good. Uh, Faults, uh, starring um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Winstead. That would be and, the long shot. <laughs> okay, yeah. I know nothing about that one. And... Belfagor, uh, which is a French horror movie set in the Louvre. Am I correct? Phantom uh, of the Louvre. Yes. So I've got to tell you, uh, almost every single one of those I would like to watch. Um, especially the documentaries. I'm Regardless of which one I pick, and I, I know which one I'm going to pick, I'm going to probably watch at least, at least three out of all of these for the next show. Yeah. Uh, for the next... Uh, uh, podcast and that would be General So's Chicken one, yeah. Honest Liar probably. Yeah. Anyway, I am going to take faults though. I am shocked. Yep, you're uh, kidding it, me. Just with the two lead actors and the fact that it's the with the subject matter, I'm like, yeah, I gotta check that out. I gotta check that one out. I mean, I thought uh, the the synopsis was great, but I also thought this is one that has the of this group has the highest chance of being a complete pretentious mess yeah of, you know just art uh, i know i know but i when i read the synopsis and i saw the actors in it i think the uh and the the guy in it um i his name escapes me right now but he was he was one of the victims in the in fincher seven he was uh the uh, uh the the penis attachment that, yes, yes, that guy. That was him. Yeah, <laughs> he was an alien resurrection. That guy. Yes, yes, yeah. him. Okay. Uh, so it's those two, but she, she's a maybe not an A list actor, but she's good. Um, yeah. And the synopsis: he is trying to 
uh, get her to escape the cult that she's in. And so I'm like, yep, I mean, I just watched The Sacrament not that long ago, so like, yeah, let's go, let's go for that. Although, having said that, you're going to probably hear my review for uh, General So in Enemy Hands. In Enemy Hands was probably number two. But honestly, all of those, even the the French one, I'm like, oh, I was going to say, I, cool. I, the Belphegor Phantom of the Louvre, that one was my my bait. I really, oh, really? wanted you. I was, I'm shocked you didn't take that one. I really wanted well, you to take that one. I I've sat through three Asylum movies since our last podcast. You, three you, of them. You hate yourself, Eugene. There's counseling. <laughs> there should be a hotline for people mm-hmm. who find out that they've started an Asylum film. Yeah. <laughs> And finished it to completion. No, those nobody does that. That's just you. <laughs> and they're making them for me. Yeah. And Netflix puts them on there for me. They do. But anyway. the next one will just say for Eugene Gore Fest. Yes. <laughs> Crabbly cool cover. Yes, and then and just pick any summer blockbuster and throw has been actors on the cover and opening credit. We promise this is not an asylum picture. Next credit. Yeah. The Asylum Presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, starring. Oh, take take your pick. I'm. <laughs> we could we could John go down. Cena. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's good. Oh, and 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 soon I I could totally see this. I'm serious. I could totally see an Asylum Pictures presents a Nick Cage film. <laughs> Oh man, do you think he's going to fall that far? I mean, they can't be paying people. <laughs> I mean, Carl, hey, they've got Carl Weathers, they've got Christopher Lloyd. Uh, like I said, they can't be paying people. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's hey, I'm still in movies. Remember me? <laughs> yeah, I was in a porn once. Back, oh, it's uh, like we got to get the guy. <laughs> somebody's like Christopher Lee died. Oh crap, I'm sixty. I don't have near enough credits on my IMDb page. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get going. And yeah. Asylum is hiring. Yep. Here's a buck and a turkey sandwich. And go. <laughs> <laughs> We're offering you an internship with our company. <laughs> You'll get your name on the picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> but not oh. the cover. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Empire State and... Uh, so faults. I'm pretty shocked with that. I hope it turns out good for you, though. Yeah, I, do, I, do I don't too. know. That's the one I knew the least about. But uh, are you gonna, okay. are you planning on like you didn't give any as far as the other picks? Did you any of the other ones sound like ah uh, that might be something I want to watch po- sometime? Point and shoot sounds like a, a good documentary, but it's I, I seriously when it's political kind of stuff, I kind of. I, I really, you watch all those, so I'll wait for the ones that you tell me that are good or to give a shot to. Mm-hmm. Um, Pussy Riot, uh, a punk prayer, is about a punk band in Russia that got arrested for saying some stuff, and that one was kind of tempting, but I'm like, I could kind of imagine how it's going to go. Playback was a horror, teen horror movie with teens and lots of teens running around that set loose a free teen, a teen spirit from Teen Teen. <laughs> With uh, Christian Slater. Christian Slater was a big draw, though, because I really like him. But yeah. I watched half that trailer. was like, I have no way. No, it's it's <laughs> all shaky cam and teens. Phantom of the Opera is one that is still on my queue, and I yeah, might get around to sometime. But mm, that's, that's one that's square into that late 80s, early 90s of dark period of cinema. Yes, and it is. It looks like it. Uh, yeah. 
Green Street Hooligans, I I really like that first film. I I think there's a sequel. I think there's a Green Street Hooligans two, and, and then this th- would be, and then this would be the next one. Okay. Um, yeah, that that first one I remember you recommended that one to me, and I watched it. That was a great movie. Uh, yeah, for anybody that hasn't seen it, that's a uh, about hooligans and soccer, football in in England, starring Frodo and yep. the main uh, Charlie Hunan from Sons of Anarchy. And okay, he's now Guillermo del Toro's go-to guy. He was in, uh, uh, he was the main guy in the robot. Pacific Giant. Rim. Yeah. Pacific. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Right. Yep. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. But Elijah, I remember Elijah Wood was really good in that movie. I, yes, I liked he his, was. Yes, yeah. he was. And then that the next movie that that lady directed was. Do you remember? What was that? Oh, what was that? We talked about it. Many times. Punisher Warzone. <laughs> oh, yes. Which I've come around on. <laughs> Me too. Big time. Okay. Uh, Derail. Let's move, let's, that's all right. Let's move on. We've got... Um, we've had uh, some great interactions with our uh, fellow movie freaks on the Facebook page. And we're going to be addressing some of their requests and or questions, emails, what have you. Oh, but we're going to start off heading into what we're calling Missy's Corner, where we're going to talk about the most disturbing films we've ever seen in our entire lives. Uh, So don't blame us. If you go watch these movies, you're getting plenty of warning right now. Mm -hmm. You can't come back from watching some of these things. And if you are the type that's like, I'm tough, I can watch anything, these ones will put you to the limit. And I was going to have us both just compile like a top ten the way we do with uh, Director Spotlight and all that jazz, but especially after listening to your last couple episodes, I'd be like, me doing that would be a waste of all of our time. Uh, <laughs> so I thought it would be more uh, better use of the time to have you come up with the list, and I'll chime in on the ones that I've seen, because I've probably only seen a handful of them compared to you seeing every single one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely have my pick for the number one, the top, top yeah. dog, uh, but other than that, uh, so what do you have for us? What okay. have you brought? Well, I'm going to start off by saying uh, one movie that is not on this list that I watched that everybody is claiming is the worst thing ever, and that is a movie called the, A Serbian Film. Uh, I watched it, and I thought it sucked. I I didn't see what the big deal was. Yeah, they were trying to shock you in the movie. I'm not even going to get into the storyline, but it's supposedly one of the most shocking movies ever, and I thought it was stupid. Uh, whatever. Uh, I read some of the spoilers on that movie, and I said, yeah, that's nothing I ever need to see. It involves uh, rape, a lot of rape stuff. Yeah. Um, and but it was all <laughs> fake and ham-fisted, and it did, it, uh, it, it, I'm like, this was, this is stupid. So yeah. Anyway. Um, having said that, so should I start with the worst of the worst of the worst, or should I... Let's work our work? way up to the worst. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start by... Uh, I assume and we'll this, be putting these into different categories, too, because that will be uh, psychologically disturbing and just uh, what physically disturbing, like just gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll discuss and a lot of my Yeah, a lot of mine are, like, some of them are both physically, like, yeah. uh, kind of a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll, I'll start off with Men Behind the Sun, and that is, uh, and, and actually there are several sequels. The only really good sequel to that is called uh, Nankin, uh, which was many years after the original Men Behind the Sun, and it deals with the same thing, which is uh, the Japanese invasion, uh, World War II, and then experiments being done on Chinese people. Uh, but the original Men Behind the Sun, 
the subsequent sequels got more and more cheesy, but the original one is just really, really uh, tough to sit through, especially because just the feel of the lack of acknowledging that they're even human beings. Like the Japanese at the time were like, these are our experiments. These are, okay, we have to do these experiments on these people because we have to know you know, how to fight a war. And, and so we see that in grisly fashion and it's, and especially with kids and it's just, it's horrible. And then Nankin is more of the actual invasion of, uh, when the Japanese invaded and it was just mass slaughter. Uh, but that was a lot more of a realistic type approach. Uh, so, and in yeah, fact, I, was... I have men behind the sun or at least a copy of it that I got at some time. Somebody gave me like, you got to check this out. And I watched it. Uh, do you have a year on that? I want to, I'm going off memory. I want to say that was late seventies, early eighties, uh, somewhere in that um, ballpark. I, man, it's in the eighties. Okay. Um, well, I guess it's hard to tell because uh, Asian low budget early '80s can very easily be mistaken for mid '70s. But um, 80, I, oh, 1988. 1988 wow. was the first one. Yeah. I mean, assuming that I'm th- still thinking of the same one, uh, it uh, it was dated enough for me that it didn't disturb me too bad. Uh, I totally get the feeling that you're talking about where they're not treating people like people. And it's just a lot of torture and experiments. It kind of actually, yeah. in a weird way, reminded me of uh, an Ilsa movie, except with no oh, I see with, what you're saying with no sex because the the I felt like the effects were pretty dated. It's a, they were like pulling the flesh off somebody's arms and it was a yeah, skeleton, skeleton hand and stuff. Yeah. And you're you know enough that you could go ah, it's fake. Um, yep. No, I, I would agree with you there. But for some reason, something about it's true. It's based on real things that oh, really man, happened. That's... Yeah, because um, I actually did some research then after I saw that uh, the, for the first time, and I'm like, this this shit is real. Like this stuff, even though some of it is, yeah, it, is, it looked fake. It was, but just operations on living people, and oh, it was especially the kids was it was hardcore, way way more hardcore than something like that Serbian film, which deals with some kids too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but whenever you throw kids into the mix, it just ups the the disturbing level to me. I agree. You know, that, tapping into that do. innocence. So. Yeah, that's why, I mean, that's, it's always a, uh, and in your mainstream cinema, that's an easy mark for putting, um, for, like you said, up in the ante, and Spielberg does it all the time. Why do you think he always has little kids in peril in his movies? Yeah. Every yeah. single one of them. Pretty much. And, and even, even John Carpenter's uh, Assault on Precinct 13 with the little girl that's getting an ice cream cone and gets shot in the face. It's like, yeah. Whoa. Ow, man. Come on. Yeah. Whoa. Where did that come from? Yeah, right. Um, so, anyway. Um, uh, okay, so. You want to go next? Or, uh, for me, uh, uh, next would be the... Oh, boy. I want to talk about this one here. Um, that's, that one's a little bit more hardcore. I'm going to hold off on that one. Uh, Human Centipede Part 2. Okay. And I've watched all three of these now. I watched the third one. And the third one was... It was so hard to get through because it was it was so bad and uh, and i think that the planets just aligned on part two for some reason human centipede part two and even the first one the first one's kind of disturbing kind of um but something about part two the black and it's filmed in black and white the main villain guy doesn't speak a word um it's just disgusting it's so sickening and i've watched it uh, two times now, two times, and and both times I'm like, yeah, that that's hardcore. For some reason, that one there especially was 
extremely hardcore and brutal and mean, but that's more of a gore film. Right. Like I, so I watched um, I watched the first one, and I was not as disturbed as I thought it would be. I mean, there are parts that are really freaking gross, but mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, the rest of it was a B-movie so much that I just that didn't affect me. I, I know, mean, me uh, too. The, the gross stuff was gross, but that's about it. Uh, the sequel I watched about half of, and then I like stopped it because I had to go do something else or go to bed or whatever. And I have never finished it, but I so far I was really taken aback by how big a leap in quality there, there was from oh, the first was. to the second one. It was so well made, and and yeah, I, had, I don't even think I got to anything gross yet. Oh, uh, like I think it was so only bad. halfway through, but it was. Wow, I thought that. Well, was and what's what's unfortunate is that Tom Six, the director, he went on to, uh, he went completely out there with the third one to make it almost slapstick, and it does not work. So it's almost like a big budget trauma movie, seriously, and it it does not work. Um, I... It's it's gross, I guess, but it feels it feels fake and just like oh, you're trying too hard now. It truly felt I'm trying too hard, and yeah. it, I did not like it at all. So anyway. Next. Uh, next up, uh, let me just check these off the list here. Uh, next up is uh, Irreversible. No, I'm, oh, shoot, I should hold off on that one yeah, for a little bit. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hold off on Irreversible for a little bit. Um, okay, Cannibal Holocaust, 1980. Uh, one of the, actually, the first found footage movie. Uh, this is what started the found footage. Not Blair Witch, Blair Witch Project. Cannibal Holocaust started that, fit, that fad. Uh, and it does it brilliantly it works really 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 well um and that thing still is pretty much as shocking uh as shocking today as it was back when uh back when it was made is, is Mainly, this the one ma- where they're killing the animals the tortoise yes, and stuff this, okay yep, i think is, i watched about the... half of this one at your house i don't know if i watched the whole thing or not yeah. um and it was very no. disturbing but it it also was like like a like truly a documentary kind of it was, I don't know. They were killing the animals. Yeah, it was at a time when you could still legally do that on film, uh, and it was in places in other countries where you could do that. And they were like yeah. killing them and eating them. But at the same time, they're still freaking. You're seeing these tortoises get their legs cut off and de-shelled and uh, guts yeah. ripped out and everything. Yeah, and, then, and you just, is this the same one that had the abortion? Yes, that's the one. Oh, that was the uh, that was horrible. That was one was, of the most horrific things I've ever seen. Is this the one too, yes. where the guy got called into court and almost went to jail for his rest of his life? Yes, Rogero Diodato. Yeah, uh, he had to prove that this was actually a movie and they weren't really killing people, uh, which is a credit to the movie being what it is. I mean, yeah. he yeah he got called into court. He had to go to court and prove. These actors are alive, and <laughs> yeah, they had to come in and say, uh, "We're not yeah. dead." Yeah, so <laughs> that's interesting. But uh, yeah, yes, and that, disgusting, weird, crazy. Yes, it film. is. Yep, it is. Uh, next up is uh, uh, the Manson family, and I don't believe you've seen this one. I uh, have not. This one here is um, well. It wouldn't be on the list. This list, if I if it wouldn't be as hardcore as it is. Uh, this one here is directed by. Let me just pull this up here. It's 2003 by Jim Van Bieber. Of and, course. That makes sense. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> this guy and, and Jim Van Bieber, he's done... Uh, he is... He's quite something. Uh, he made Deadbeat <laughs> at Dawn, which I actually watched with you, Ned, and Greg at their place. What is it? Uh, that was his... 
uh, Deadbeat at Dawn. It was some gang movie from the eighties, and we were both like, we were all like, oh. And then the end was just batshit crazy. Uh, but we watched it at Ned and Greg's. Oh, I believe yep. you. I have no recollection. Yeah. A lot of the times when you and me went out to their house, there's yep. not a lot of recollection. <laughs> yeah, but this one here uh, is um, the, the story of Charles Manson, and it is done in a haze of drugs and Pantera music. Uh, it's so weird and trippy and bizarre. He actually got Phil Anselmo to do the music on this thing. Uh, when was it made? What was it made? It was made in 2003. Oh, wow, that recent. Um, but the uh, the actual killings, uh, obviously that's no spoiler, you know the story of Charles Manson. The, the killings are... Uh, they're as brutal as about any killings I've seen on film. It's so horrible. Are they like um, reenactments of the? Yes, it's okay. it's kind of a yeah, and it's almost a it, they they're going more for a documentary kind of feel the whole movie, um, but it's just you know there's so much just sickening like the drugs and the sex and they they this is the story of Charles Manson and his mm-hmm. cult, and then it obviously leads up to. Ugh, but that is true exploitation grindhouse movie stuff going on there. So, uh, okay. hardcore. Next. Um, okay, next up is Martyrs. French movie from not that long ago. And uh, if you haven't seen it, the less you know about it, the, the better, I suppose. But it is one where when the credits roll, you feel horrible about yourself. Uh, uh, pretty much through the whole movie, I felt horrible yes. about myself, uh, and yeah. then and I, but I, at least I was clinging to hope that this was going to go somewhere where I was like, "Wow, that was crazy!" And it really did go there. It went there, and it was crazy. It just the only problem was that when I found out uh, what the purpose of all of it was, I wanted everybody in the movie to die. It was one yeah. of the, one of those things where you hated every single person in it, and uh, it ceases to be entertainment for me at that point yeah uh, it was not yeah it was not entertaining where it's like oh well i'll never watch that again because i've hated everyone it's you know yeah. i need that texas chainsaw ending i can watch all of that hardcore horribleness if i have the slightest bit of redemption or somebody to root for and you had somebody to root for i guess in the victim but by the time it was over it was just like oh, oh it was horrible yeah I, Maybe if the cops had come in and blown everybody away, then I would have been happy. But Or yeah. like Frontiers. Again, I can go through that horribleness if you give me a little bit of payoff. And, and there was, yeah. Yeah, but not in this movie. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Technically uh, a very well-made movie, though, I will say. It that, is, you know. yes. Um, Exorcist. And I know that that's a big mainstream movie, and everybody it's on everybody's you know horror fans list, whatever, but it still is one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. And... and Partially because of some of the experiences that I have had watching that particular movie. Uh, the main one was the first time I watched it on Blu-ray back uh, in our house down in Holmes County. I watched it on a big screen. And um, that's one of the first times that I ever truly felt a... I, I This is going to sound weird, but I truly felt a presence of evil. I, I'm like, I was so freaked out and, and just uncomfortable there in the room watching when it was done and just through, and there was noises in the house that night and this sounds completely crazy but no. I will never forget I will never forget that experience I'm like I truly feel evil after watching that movie and mm-hmm. that 
rarely happens to me. Yeah. So, um, I know it sounds out there. No, but... no, you're fine. I've seen it once, and I was like, I'm good. Uh, yeah. Not not huge on the exorcism movies because they just, uh, it's just I, I'm more of a protagonist antagonist type guy, uh, <laughs> and that's more of an ethereal kind of villain that you can't grasp or touch or fight. Yeah. The best you can do is make it run away. Yes. <laughs> next. Okay. Next up is a movie called Aftermath. Thirty minutes long. And uh, directed by... Let me see if I can pull this up Have I watched this? This sounds familiar. Oh, boy. If you did, you'd probably remember it. It's from 1994, 30 minutes long. Nacho uh, Cerde, I believe, is how you pronounce his name. Not sure. He's from Spain. Uh, This is what goes on in, uh, in a morgue after a car accident victim woman... Dead shows up there with a really, really creepy mortician. And that's all I'm going to say about that movie. <laughs> I am Move. not sure if I saw that one or not. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, okay, and, next. And what, makes it, what makes it all the more horrible is how beautifully shot the movie is. Mm. The music and the cinematography and everything uh, is, uh, is so, so good and so top-level that it makes it all the more horrific to me. Oh, no, I completely understand it. it that always does make it harder. Yeah, so, uh, anyway. Next, um, I agree. <laughs> um, just a couple more. One uh, called, and this one here you did watch. I made you watch this. And that is called uh, Love for Mother Only, I believe. is uh, Love for Mother Only. I want to make sure I get that one right. It's a short film. Yep, there it is. 2003. It was on a DVD that I let you borrow with a bunch of other short horror movies. Um, this is about um, a guy who brings on the apocalypse through... This deals with Satan, kind of. Um, you remember I, this? Not at all. You got me, man. I have no idea. Oh, I remember you, you called me after you did, we were done watching it. You are like, dude, come on. Upside down crosses and... Uh, Whore of Satan and witchcraft and ah, oh, it was so hardcore. I mean, the name, the title rings a bell, but I have, I have, boy, I'm bringing, I got nothing. Love for mother. There's a, a mom that, and this guy. He there's a snakes in the beginning, and it's uh, it's so weird and so. Uh, <laughs> I go on um, to the next one. I'll look it up, see if I got anything. Okay, but yeah, it's called Love Love from Mother Only, and I I remember you called me after you watched it, and you're like, dude, that. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, almost done here. Got uh, okay. So now uh, on to Irreversible, and uh, that had been the the trump card when it came to disturbing movies, and it's still so hardcore. Uh, Gaspar Noe's uh, movie shot in reverse where the ending of the movie is actually the very beginning of the movie and uh, so as the movie gets better and better and better throughout its runtime, it makes it all the more horrific because you know exactly what happens to all of our characters in the movie uh, but it, the first about 40 minutes of the movie are just not just the subject matter but the way it was filmed and the music um, and the just insanity of it uh, makes it for one of the most difficult watches of any movie I have ever seen in my entire life. 
Uh, I agree, and this would be my number one right here is Irreversible. And uh, it's just one... It is the most damaging movie I think I've ever watched. Because, I mean, this is where you get into that psychology versus uh, physicality when it comes to horror. Uh, You can sit and watch Hostel and you watch all these gory movies, whatever you want to watch, and they're disturbing and everything. Uh, But... Man, there's something about this movie that just cranks you the wrong freaking mm-hmm. way. And it does it in the most beautiful fashion, because it ends on a beautiful summer day. Uh-huh. Beautiful Monica Bellucci just laying around and having a a nice picnic. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're reminded throughout the film, you know what happens to her. And you know yeah. what happens to everybody along the way. And I think maybe two people in the whole movie die. It's not, it's yeah. not like a... Gigantic serial killer bloodletting gore fest. I mean, well, that, that's not entirely true. It has its moment, uh, but my god! And then the real horror kind of comes later uh, if you rewatch it, because oh yeah, then you're seeing all the stuff that you missed or didn't know about because you're seeing the end first. I'm trying to be vague. Yeah. Uh, yep. But and the disorienting. The, yeah, and the way the the credits are, and even the end credits. The end credits he did in a Gasper did in a in a weird way where it's like as they're, the credits are pan they're they're, they're oh. rolling up but they're spinning at the same time in a very yeah. slow fashion and he did all these things he researched uh, researched excuse me how to uh, sound frequencies and and visuals that will literally make you ill he wanted to subconsciously make you sick to your stomach before this thing even began and that's why I call him Cinema's Brown Note. <laughs> 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 because if you could, he could actually find that tone. He would make an audience shit their pants. Yes. So that's that's uh, and bravo to him for making a a movie that is not even a horror movie. It's not, I don't consider this a horror movie, but uh, it is one of the most extreme things I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know. I'd call it a horror movie either, but it, I would call it the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just which leads me to my most disturbing movie I've ever seen, and I actually I'm not going to spend much time on it here. One, because of the subject matter, and two, because I hit on it on my most recent uh, episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, so check it out. I think it's episode 85, uh, and that would be American Guinea Pig, Bouquet of Guts and Gore. (laughs) It's all in the title. (laughs) It's all in the title, yes. Now, I will say that this is based off of a Japanese series back in the 80s called called the Guinea Pig series, and the first two of the Japanese versions of this were kind of that mock, uh, we're really killing someone, but we're not, Snuff film? It was a fake snuff film, yeah. Yeah, and they did, the first two were filmed that way, and then after that, the the other ones were more cinematic and more like actual here's our characters, and they're, you know, a movie. Right. Uh, But the first two were just some dudes in a room torturing a girl. Uh, And especially part two of the original series, uh, Flower of Flesh and Blood, is still... Hardcore. However, this new one, American Guinea Pig, takes it up to a whole new level of complete and utter revulsion. Uh, this movie, I, I can take it pretty much. I can take almost anything in movies. This one here, I felt pretty bad about myself for watching this movie. It's that bad uh, and horrific. But I will say this. Uh, credit is given here for the filmmakers, the director... Um, they succeeded in exactly what they set out to do. It's not like this is a poor movie, uh, poorly made movie. It's it 
everything that's on screen is there for a reason. So it's supposed to look like Super 8 film and VHS camcorders set up in a room. Uh, and these guys in, in goat masks are eviscerating two women on a table for 73 minutes. Uh, and I'm not going to say anything more about the movie because you can listen to my show. And even then I'm fairly vague because I really would feel bad about myself uh, if I would get people to watch it. Yeah, uh, because that's how most I, of these. That's I, how most of these movies are. Like, uh, I get people a lot of times that tell me, "What's the most disturbing thing you ever seen?" Because I am, and I'm hardcore. I watch that stuff, and I'll, I well, irreversible, but don't watch it. Oh, I'm gonna watch it, and then they watch it, and they talk to me, and they're like, "What the hell, dude?" And I'm, <laughs> they're like, "I'm damaged for life. I can't <laughs> watch things again." You know, and nothing mm-hmm. bothers me after this. I'm like, well, <laughs> and that kind of goes for this whole section. Uh, yeah, and I've seen uh, half these roughly, and you've seen them all. But I'll tell you, if you if you watch even half this list, you and you're a horror fan, you will not look at movies the the horror movies that are coming out these days. You don't look at them oh, as yeah. hardcore. Yeah. They're they're nothing. I, I watched yeah. a few trailers the other day, and I was just like. That's crap. That's crap. That's nothing. That's nothing. That'll be terrible. As teens running around, it's uh, no. Yeah. Not, that's not going to be anything, you know. Uh, yeah. Not that I'm looking for the most hardcore, disturbing, horrible thing to watch, but at the same time, uh, once you watch kind of a few of these things, you can't go back to the screams and and yeah, the, I know. You can't, Wes Craven. I mean, some of them you can, but they're like, oh, that's cute. Uh, it's, yeah. It's not disturbing anymore yeah i agree and, i'm not and sure does that me, does that make us jaded or or burned out on i don't know maybe we should i would say jaded shit <laughs> yeah well after after that american guinea pig i'm like i need a break from the super super hardcore type like that was that was pushing the limits there for me because uh, i'm like oh man i feel horrible <laughs> and see you i know you enjoy pushing the limits i just like hearing about you doing it because i'll look at some of that stuff and i'm like i'm good i'm all right i'm happy i'm gonna watch something else <laughs> yeah but and, then and, again, and you saw you saw the cover of this american guinea pig movie and then i told you yeah. the very very ending of the movie so is there any chance you'll ever watch it no <laughs> nope None. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to. I'm good. I've seen. I've seen. See, I've bought. Uh, I remember years ago. I bought one of these horror DVD packs, and it was all. Um, I can't even say direct to video. It was all garbage. It was all homemade garbage. People's movies that they thought were movies, uh, and they probably tried to get sold as movies, and they were just god awful. But it was filled with that kind of stuff where it was like oh we're rednecks now we're gonna rape and torture these girls for you know 70 minutes and it it, (laughs) it, there's no story and they're just terrible and it's like i got i'm good man i don't need to see all that jazz i (laughs) there's plenty else to watch especially now with netflix we are no longer in the uh vacuum of finding movies or yeah having to pay for each and every single one it made such a big difference uh in the video store days because you were going on box art and what it said about the movie and plunking down your hard-earned cash so you would watch that shit all the way through Uh, oh yeah we don't have to do that anymore that's why we have things like the roulette we just watch about 10 minutes and we go oh i understand what we're dealing with here moving on next moving on yep (laughs) 
<laughs> and likewise, we're going to move on here. Let's move on to yep. Stephen's question. He asked, I only took cliff notes of uh, the actual way that he worded it, but uh, essentially he said, "How? please explain to me how uh, no-name directors like Gareth Edwards, who made Monsters, gets a giant gig like Godzilla, and equally, excuse me, Colin Trevorrow, I assume that's how you say his name, went from safety not guaranteed to Jurassic World. Uh, I have my own theories on this. Namely, it's funny you pick those two examples. They're, they're very good examples for this topic. Uh, mm-hmm. They might be the best examples, but also... It's interesting because you picked two examples of good blockbuster movies with dinosaurs, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) He did, yeah, that's Uh, right. Jurassic World was a dead franchise, more or less. Now, granted, those movies have made money, but there hasn't been one in a decade, right? It's been a while. Uh, Godzilla, is there a deader franchise than that? Uh, the last one that came out in America was in 1998, and we know how that shit turned out. Yep. So, uh, gr- how did they get the giant budgets? Well, uh, the summer movies go through cycles just like everything else in Hollywood goes through cycles. Uh, for a while, the vampire movie is hot, and then it's the zombie movie, and then this summer it's the ghost story, and then it's Scream, serial killers, and now it's aliens again. We're back into aliens. Now we're rebooting. You know, the, everything moves in cycles. And uh, for a while there, the big summer temple movies for a few years were getting really, really, really dumb. And I know that's hard to believe uh, based on the way summer movies are now being fairly dumb. Uh, absolutely no character development in these movies. And so they started looking to, if we're going to revive these movies, why do we, why bother trying to talk a big director into doing it? Why should I try and talk Spielberg into risking his career on Godzilla when you know it's probably going to piss everybody off? Because there's so many, the, the, you got the hardcore Godzilla fans and then you have the newbies and nobody's ever happy. So instead, let's give it to somebody nobody's ever really heard of and hope for the best. And if his career goes down the crapper, no big loss, you know, and we, and on top of it, we didn't have to pay him $20 million. Does that make sense? That's my theory. And so, and with, with Gareth Edwards, he made monsters. He spent years doing it on his laptop, did all, learned visual effects, did it all himself because he was at his heart, a gigantic Godzilla fan. So, go watch Godzilla. Is it a good movie? You're damn right it's a good movie, because he loves Godzilla, he knows what works in a Godzilla movie, and he does not forget the character development, which is a big, important deal, and that's something that uh, independent filmmakers generally know a lot more about, or uh, because that's all they have to work with. They don't have $200 million to make giant creatures. So they got to focus on making a great story and great character development. Same goes for Colin uh, Trevorrow. I haven't seen Safety Not Guaranteed, but it looks like that same type of movie, and it looks like a good movie, I just haven't got around to it. Uh, But, you know, you give him Jurassic World, you're all, again, how much are you risking? It's a dead franchise. Uh, Jurassic Park 3 generally didn't get good reviews. I mean, Ty didn't like it, for shit's sake. I mean, it's that's a dead frickin' franchise. <laughs> if Ty doesn't like it, it's a dinosaur movie, it's dead. Uh, it's done. So even though that thing made money, it didn't get a lot of great reviews. And, and you know, you wait a decade, and now it's time to try and revive it, give it a second chance. That was, 
I would say that was more of a long shot than Godzilla, because Godzilla was deader than dead. That had no good reviews. Jurassic World did, and I mean, Jurassic World did. Jurassic, uh, the the series did. It yeah. and it's not so old that people could schluff off what's come before. Yeah. And you know what? I like Jurassic World. I, I understand all of Steven's complaints, and I I agree those complaints are there, and I can't argue with with those. That's fine. Uh, it worked for me. I don't, it wasn't as good as as the others, but it was definitely better than two and three, in yeah. my opinion. And I had yeah, I, I had fun with it, even though it was kind of just a dumb summer movie. Anyway, what do yeah. you think? Uh, I, I would agree with pretty much everything you said there. I also think that some of the reasons why these directors are picked are because they are really good at character pieces, like monsters. I watched that and. Most of that movie is dialogue driven, yeah. uh, just and relationships and character development, uh, and and sometimes that's what these movies need. Instead of just big dumb fun, let's get a director that knows how to create good chemistry with our actors. And uh, especially, I think Godzilla did it better than Jurassic World did. Um, with oh yeah, definitely. Really, <laughs> with really good acting, and but but having said that. I think that that's one of the reasons why sometimes these types of directors are are picked is is that they've done smaller movies that with that are more character driven versus uh, versus uh, what's uh, what's the guy's name um, Red Dragon director uh, Brett Ratner Brett Ratner I still am amazed that and while I will say Red Dragon is good his best movie uh, I his movies are all generic cookie cutter summer movies and it just he just seems like a gun for hire totally and that's why he keeps getting you you've asked me before why does brett ratner keep getting jobs uh because he doesn't argue um, in my opinion he probably doesn't argue with studio heads they say well why don't we do this or why doesn't the main character have a dog or why don't we make uh that guy wear a eye patch and he goes huh hmm good idea clocks out at five o'clock and goes home yeah that's not what a passionate artist a director writer anything does they they are there 15 18 hours a day uh they're saying well why doesn't he have a dog um hmm because that's a stupid idea and he's yeah. not gonna have a dog and the guy says oh i really want a dog and your brett ratner types go hmm maybe a dog your yeah. your artists <laughs> go no if you put a dog yeah. in this thing i will walk off the set again Totally my opinion, not based yeah. in any sort of fact or even rumor. Yeah. Uh, and and see when you get you for every Bretton Ratner that you have, you also have that says okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. You also have a David Fincher yeah. that says <laughs> no, I'm going to fight you every step of the way. And even though it was a tr- train wreck of a production, he still I mean, Alien Three is still a great movie in my opinion. And because of that. Look what David Fincher is today. It is, but he, he did not compromise. All of, his, all of his movies after that, he still has had to fight all of the way, except for maybe the last three, and and yeah. and that's just ridiculous. But at the same time, he's an artist. He's and people, you know, he's got the studio heads going. Ah, it's too dark. People don't want to see this, and they don't want to do that. And he's like, I don't care. This is my art. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And a lot of times they've made money. He's had a couple that I'm not sure if he's had any flat out bombs, but. At worst, they break even, maybe? I don't know. We'd have to look yeah. at that. Fincher is definitely on deck for our director spotlight. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's, it, it is directors like that that they pull up. Alien 3, that's another fine example, where they 
pulled up a guy who's doing mu music videos because yeah. he's expendable. How are you going to follow up Alien and Aliens? Uh, pick another first-time director or young director. I mean, Cameron, uh, he did Terminator and then Aliens and then T2. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I think well, so. I mean, he's, and yeah. Terminator was an independent film. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what I mean? Like, they they, they pick people for these projects. Expendability is a thing. And, and keeping the budget down for, uh, hey, you want to pay Spielberg a bunch of money to direct Indiana Jones 4? Go right ahead. How'd that turn out? Yeah. Can you imagine if someone else would have had the reins for... Well, yeah, we're not going to get... That's a rabbit trail, but yeah. <laughs> someone else would have had the reins for Indiana Jones 4 and... They would have been like, what? No, 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 no. We're not doing aliens. Or swinging I, monkeys. He's swinging with monkeys? Yeah. That's what we're doing? Yeah. No, I George. have a stack of old Indiana Jones comic books in the other room, all of which have fantastic storylines that would have made a great fourth installment. Uh, but instead, let's do aliens. That's, that's what people want to see. Anyway. <laughs> now, I understand. Oh. And I was trying to think of some other great examples of... Um, people that got giant chances to make big leaps. And, you know, for, for all these, we're talking about the ones that were successful, to be honest. Uh, for every one of these, there's probably ten that were utter failure. Uh, even probably, I'm sure there are people that um, got their big shot with their, you know, a second movie, and it was a huge budget, and they bombed, and then were managed to crawl their way back up. But once you take that big leap and bomb right off the bat, they dump you down to movie jail. And you got to work yeah. your way back up from the indies. And I'm sure yeah. that, that if somebody would go do a little more research, uh, we could find out about uh, directors that have taken that path. But, uh, yeah, you know, I got your... <laughs> I got this question like two hours ago. So <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to be scouring the net until then. Um Anything else you want to add on this topic? Um, I don't think so. The only other thing that I would want to say is uh, bringing up something like Quentin Tarantino, who has never made a bad movie in his life, and I think that he is another one that will not compromise his vision, and that just shows how important a director's vision is to give the big flip in the bird. I know that these production companies, a lot of them are, are obviously fronting the money, but sometimes it's best to let the artist do what they're being paid to do and not let some big wigs that think they know what they're doing but have not the foggiest idea and well let's cut this movie down to so that we can have two more showings in the theater per day it's like what i, I know think, you know i know but uh, you know they got their formulas and they stick by them and yeah. it's sad to say but a lot of times they are true and Kevin Smith talks about this a lot too with with these uh, studio head formulas where they're like okay we got this director he's this percentage well-known. We got the, Matt Damon, and we got uh, Charlize Theron, and we've got a sci-fi story. And each of those adds up to, well, that brings in so much money. A sci-fi brings in this much money. Matt Damon brings in this much money. Uh, this director, you know, this many people will know him. And then they can predict their opening weekend, and that's how they form their budgets. And, yeah, th that, you know, what, what really sucks is that most of the time they're right. There's a lot of times they're wrong, but the, most of the time they're right. Otherwise, it wouldn't be Hollywood wouldn't be this gigantic money machine that it is. But it is. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. sometimes to get your art made, you have to defer a little bit to some of these 
some of these people. And it, the Terminator Genesis, which is not doing well. Uh, the, the director, Alan Taylor, he made um, Thor 2. The, yeah. the darkness elves or dark elves yeah. realm. The realm of the, <laughs> the dark elf, realm, uh, yeah. darkness, whatever. Uh, but that was a decent flick. Uh, yeah. He said with he came out right after the first weekend of Terminator Genesis and said he was pissed, pissed off beyond belief about those trailers because they gave away all the secrets of the movie. He said, I wanted yeah. this and this and this to be huge gasping, oh, I can't believe it. And they, he was like, there it is, right in the second trailer. He's like, how am I supposed to make a movie like this? How am I supposed to keep anything under wraps when the studio is giving it away? And he had fights with the studio, and uh, he's made some statements recently that were... I was like, oh, you poor guy, I like you still. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. But anyway, well, you're, you're going to have that, the studio interference. It's, that's why it's... Uh, uh, to create your art in this medium, you have to fight with people who are paying for it. And that's that sucks, but that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, <sighs> that's why we are fortunate to live in this time where um, it's getting cheaper and cheaper to make your own home movies, and people can just start doing it on their own. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of reasons why I haven't got a lot of recently watched uh, writing movies, uh, <laughs> and let's move on to recently watched. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you go first, because I guarantee I've talked more than you in the last ten minutes, and I have the least amount to watch, because <laughs> I've been so busy working on script stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. Um, I'm going to just real quick get this one out of the way, because I just got done watching this before the podcast, and I posted it on Facebook on Movie Freaks, and that is Dude Bro Party Massacre Part 3. And if Wait that is not the coolest title ever... <laughs> Wait a minute! It is part. It's part three. Thought it was just. It's it's called no. It's called part three, but I, there is no parts one. Okay, because I I didn't see the part three. I just thought it was dude bro party massacre. No, it's dude bro. Okay, dude bro That's... party massacre part three. But there is no one and two. <laughs> no. Okay, I like that even though. Al- although in the beginning they make reference to parts one gotcha. and two, but yeah, flashback. Th- yeah. This whole thing is um, uh, it, it's there is so much brilliance in this. And here's its kiss of death, is it's an hour and 40 minutes long, and it should be 75 minutes long. And you and I have talked about this. Ad nauseum we have talked about this. Yes, it's like, this is a, this is a throwback 80s Slumber VHS. Party Massacre. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, and by the way, Slumber Party Massacre, 75 minutes long. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen that movie numerous times. Those types of movies are 70, 75 minutes, 80 minutes long. Um, and this one here is an hour and 40. And I'm like, oh, there's so much stuff that you could have cut out, and this would have been great. Yeah. As it is, it's watchable. It's It's got some hilarious parts. It's gory. Um, and they do the whole, like, it's, it's like you're watching a VHS tape to where all of a sudden commercials start, and then you can tell someone paused to erase the commercials. <laughs> ah, that's brilliant. And then it comes back, and I they have it. the, you know, welcome back to late night TV, and it's great. Uh, and the music is great, and there's a lot of funny stuff in it, but that runtime is just, it's kiss of death. Yeah, it's too to long for a spoof. Yeah, it, it is. This is a complete spoof. Um, but anyway, so, but the, the title is impossibly cool. I mean, Dude Bro Party Massacre Part 3, and there is very, very, very much gay, un, uh, gay undertones in the movie, which is another 
No, we're gonna. It's gonna be a big gay episode real soon here. Uh, just <laughs> I thought about starting off with a couple of uh, real big gay openers, but I didn't really like anything I was thinking up. Uh, okay, starting off with some gayness. Orange is the new black, uh, season three, Ooh. which is. Uh, I say gayness because it's all in a women's prison, so there's a fair amount of gay characters and gay relationships. Uh, I did not mean that insultingly. <laughs> uh, still, a, still a good show. Still one of the better shows I've seen uh, in a while. Another Netflix original. Um, I'll continue to watch more. Was I blown away by this season? No. Is it entertaining? Sure is. It's also one of those where I click play on the next episode and, okay, what happened last episode? Um... Who is doing what now? Can't remember. Uh, so yeah, not exactly blown away by this season, but I, I still very much enjoyed it. Back to you. Okay. Um, let's see here. I want to talk about. Oh boy, I've got oh, the gayness three dude on dude yes. on dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I, I'm not sure if you've ever seen this movie, but uh, I want to talk about it briefly here, and that's William Malone's Creature. You have you just talked about this like uh, six months ago. This is the one that's oh. the alien ripoff. No. Yeah. It no. Is. No. Go ahead. I want you to talk about it because I'm dying to see this movie, and I think I might have found it on on YouTube. I know they. Oh, it's I, on YouTube. I know yeah. they ban everything on YouTube that's copyrighted, but stick yes. stick, stick figures. But I think I found it. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Okay. Yeah. But yes, go on. As our show now is a re- is right away kicked off of iTunes now. <laughs> I, I immediately get deleted from my own computer. It says, access denied, Matrix. <laughs> Earth sends you away. <laughs> this this uh, bursts in the flames and yeah. I get kicked off of uh, whatever the hell I was filming on, this new fang- periscope. Periscope just... Yeah. Bidink, account deleted. And it's like, I, I filmed my dog. I don't know what the problem is. Credit cards declined. <laughs> don't even have a cre- <laughs> Didn't even put one well, in. It's like, nope, declined. No, okay. But still, yeah. Uh, so Creature. Creature, 1985. William Malone directed it. Uh, Expedition to Titan uncovers an alien being that goes on a rampage. Starring, I uh, just had to make mention here of, of Klaus Kinski is in this. Oh, yes, legendary. Yes. But uh, I will say, I, I really enjoy this movie. I've seen it so many times. I have fond memories of watching this on VHS back in the day with my buddies in high school. And we're like, oh, it's so gross. And it is. It's a gross alien ripoff. But it, it actually, um, my biggest gripe about this, I gave it three stars. And I think that a proper Blu-ray remaster in in original uh in original uh, aspect ratio because mm-hmm. all that's been available is full screen. Uh, I hate that. Like um, uh, Highlander prison movie uh, Fortress. I just oh yeah not, yeah not too long ago got not too long ago friggin year ago I still haven't watched it yet but the the Blu-ray of Fortress and I it's widescreen. I've only ever been able to find that in full screen so I'm like dying to see what this looks like. Anyway. Yeah, and that's the same here is watching this. It's like there's some cool space shots, and uh, you can just tell that so much is lost because of the full screen. And it really is, as far as alien ripoffs go, and that's all this is is an alien ripoff. It's a it's an entertaining movie. It really is, um, but it's edited. It's been edited since it was released, and it's in full screen. And the director William Malone actually was uh, ready to release this 
he has a remastered HD full or widescreen uncut version of it. And whoever was going to release it at the time, they decided, nope, we're not going to release it. And so now it's it's gone. But the copy uh, does which, exist somewhere. It exists. He owns it. <laughs> but there, yeah, so I'm holding out hope that eventually he sells it to one of these great labels that are releasing all these cool, more obscure movies because it is it's so up your alley. Uh, it everything about it is like, oh, this is Eric Martin. Uh, I've totally. been wanting to watch it so bad, but we need yeah. to mount a, a movie like was that one where the kids are going to go watch? Uh, they break into Skywalker's. No oh, fanboys. Fanboys, yes. <laughs> so they can watch episode one before their kid, yes. their friend dies of cancer. We need to do that yeah. with Creature. Just tell them our friend yes. is dying of cancer. He's not really. We just really want to watch the HD widescreen version, uncut of, version, uh, uncut yes. version of Creature. And it sucks that Alien was such a ripoff of Creature. Come on, come on, Will. yeah, come, come on, come on, Willie, yeah. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's. And by the way, he's the director of House on Haunted Hill, the remake. So. Mm. Yeah, the remake. Yeah, yeah. I really, this is, this, really this is cool one movie. that I really want to watch. I just haven't got around to it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and uh, remedy that this week if I can. Uh, okay, next up for me, the drop. I got this from the oh, library. Yeah. Uh, it stars uh, Bane and a soprano and uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. You like how I can just pull names like that, just just instantly. Yes, you know, that was, that was impressive. You know everybody yeah. I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> So those were the three mains, and uh, I was expecting this to be, from the trailer, this should be a good kind of drama thriller, probably not great. And That's what I was thinking, I'll, too. I'll like that's it. Why. It'll be entertaining and well-acted, and that's about it. Mm, a lot better than that. This movie hmm. kicked ass. I, I'm, I don't know what year, I'm not sure of the year, if it was 13, 14, 15, I don't even know when the hell it came out, but it... it needs to be up for best picture it should have been up for best picture wow it's that good it's that level of good i loved it um i don't know i don't know how if you would love it as much as i did i think you would but it's it's masterful filmmaking and especially the acting tom hardy what is with this dude just every role everything he puts in it's just unbelievable he yeah does what if i was if i was forced at gunpoint to be an actor because that's what it would take <clears throat> i would try and do a different walk and a different voice for every character just to make them specifically different from other roles that I've done. Cause you, you don't, otherwise you're going to be like a Harrison Ford type, which isn't all bad, but he's Harrison Ford in every role. Uh, there's a yeah. few that he's, Oh, he's uh, okay. Uh, Henry, he's uh Harrison Ford with a head injury at worst. Yeah. You know, that, that's his Wit biggest range. Yeah. Uh, witness witness. He he's Amish Harrison Ford. <laughs> 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 yep. Oh, for some reason, that's great. <laughs> uh, but, and I love Harrison Ford, but I mean, come on, it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Uh, same with, with Stallone. I mean, your action guys, yeah, it's the same story. Yeah. But with Tom Hardy, I mean, the role, uh, the the character that he creates here, it is, it's it's really ingenious. And all along the way, I'm going... Man, he's just okay. So he's playing this slow, this guy that's a little slow, and then as the character, oh, okay, I didn't even know that that he was. And as the character okay. develops, you're realizing you you go, I hmm, I, I'm not sure if he is slow. Is he slow? 
again, I come, Marion Max has totally screwed me up because I think everybody has Asperger's now. <laughs> oh. So I'm questioning, does he, does that, does he have Asperger's? Is he one of those, you know, mm, I don't know that he does. Uh, and I don't want to give away anything else about the movie, but, um, you need to watch this one with the priority that it's a Best Picture nominee because it's okay. That's going to be it is quickly that, watched. Yeah, it is that good, and it's it's kind of a slower paced film, but his performance is it's mind boggling. I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off him. Anytime that he was on the screen, I was like, just talk more because he has such a unique New York Boston kind of mixed accent. And he just he just kills it. He just kills it. Uh, James Gandolfini is great as always, uh, but again, he's playing against his typecast, which is gangster mob guy, whatever. Um, yeah. It was it was fantastic. Huge awesome. marks. Oh, easy, I can't wait to watch. Easy it. nine here. Easy. Yeah, uh, I believe that Steve liked this as well on uh, Cinema Sidekicks. Yes, he did very much so. Okay, I, I'll definitely check that out as soon as I can. Mm. Next, go ahead. On the other end of the spectrum, yes. complete other end, Spe- I'm going with 1990, The Bronx Warriors. Speaking of Oscar winners. <laughs> yes, directed by Enzo G. Castellari. I love that you have to say who directed it. It's like, because we're all going to go, oh, good old Enzo. Yeah, well, I, th- I figured if I'd say his name, you'd be like, oh, him. Oh, Enzo, obviously. <laughs> he directed Enzo, such classics yeah. as... The Bronx Warriors. This is where I need to have a sound bar where I can just go crickets. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell us about uh, Bronx Warriors. Okay. Looks, looks awesome. So I've it, heard a lot about it. Please. I'm, uh, I'm being serious now. I actually have. I just haven't oh, it's, seen it. It's a blast. Uh, and this is part one of a, a three movie series that this guy directed of post-apocalyptic, uh, kind of Mad Max, kind of Escape from New York feel, but... Italians, low budget, uh, exploitation type, and it's it's everything that I love about old school cinema is here. This is the least of the three. Each one gets pro- progressively better. Um, in post apocalyptic New York City, a policeman infiltrates the Bronx, which has become a battleground for several murderous street gangs. Fred Williamson is in this. Hmm. Um, but uh, here's all you need to know about how cool this movie is: is Two rival gangs meet up somewhere in New York, and this is filmed in New York. Uh, and there's it's the, the the scene is tense, and obviously this is cheesy. I mean, everybody <laughs> looks they they look the farthest thing from scary. I mean, they look like an '80s hair metal band. Everybody looks like '80s hair metal. Yeah, well, it was the um, '80s. Everybody but, thought that was yeah. badass. Yeah, you know, like but, but here's what's what makes this scene so great is there. It's a, supposed to be a tense scene, and there's a guy in the corner of this this. In this big parking lot by the river in New York, and the guy is there's this little tiny drum set, and he's <laughs> for the entire scene. And I'm like, this is the soundtrack that's like tense, and it's a kind of a tense drum beat. But I'm like, they actually there's a gang member playing the drums for us, the viewer, and everybody there to be tense and to create. It was it's the sharks, so it's the great. sharks in West Side Story. They come out and they're like. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, are you what? Pants off, what? dance what? off, all what's, right. <laughs> what's the drummer doing in the background there? <laughs> and the entire uh, gang battle was over a case of Aquanet. Yes. Oh, the hair, the hair is long and curly in this movie. 
And there's lots of black leather and shirtless dudes and... Oh, that'll be in the next opening I come up with. <laughs> the hair is long and curly in this movie. <laughs> movie freaks! <laughs> oh, ouch. You can bet on it. <laughs> That's great. Back to you! <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you uh, one and a half gay reviews and I'll be done. Okay. Uh, I'll let you do one more and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Uh, first up, Sense8, Season 1. Mm. The Wach- Wachowski siblings uh, got to make a Netflix show. And a lot of, I don't want to say controversial, more like mixed reviews on this one. Uh, obviously, I'm going to watch it because I'm a big fan. And, gotta say, freaking loved it. Uh, a lot of awesome. people, I you know, I, I'm kind of torn the more I think about it. It's, is it posturing to put a, put across a um, an agenda? That's what a lot of people would say, maybe, or maybe 50% of the United States would say. Um, I, you know, I didn't really feel that way. I, I, I kept coming back to, you know what, there's gay people and there's transgender people and get over it. They're gonna be. They there's nothing wrong with them being characters in a movie, and it's not like yeah. they're uh, sitting here going. Uh, it's not twelve episodes of a pride parade going uh, and pol- politicking. You know, it's yeah. it's it, it, it was very well written in that it was just that's a gay character. The end. That's a trans character. Get over it. Um, there, I, I guess there was one scene where the, these people are all kind of interconnected in their mind. It's kind of it's it's so complicated to explain what's going on in the show. I'm not even going to bother trying. Just watch the show. Uh, it sounds great. It's, by the way, it's the show. fantastic science fiction. I, I really dug it. But there's there's one part where, you know they feel what the others feel. So that somebody gets horny and everybody starts hooking up with their lovers and they're all in different countries and from their mind's eye, they're all together kind of at the same time. So there's kind of a big orgy scene, a lot of gay dude-on-dude stuff going on. You know what? There's been how many years of cinema of of the objectification of women? Solely. No men whatsoever. I'm not one of those people that gets furiously offended if I see a pecker on screen. I, I don't desire to see it, because I'm a straight male, but if one pops up, I'm like, okay, whatever. I, it does not phase me in the least. Yeah, yeah um, me too. It's very... I understand why some people cannot... don't like it, or it makes them feel uncomfortable, I guess. I, I don't know. I, it doesn't me, though. I, I ser- There was nothing that really made me feel uncomfortable in this mo- in this show. And it felt like a long movie. I almost called it a movie there. It felt like a movie in 12 parts. And, oh, I and I'll, see this. I'll tell you, uh, halfway through, I'm going... Uh, kind of want a little more to be happening not that it was boring or slow or anything like that but there's so much character developing to do along the way that you they have to do that for the first half you have to you have to have that for the incredible awesome payoff of the second half where everybody starts getting the abilities of everybody else it almost becomes the matrix in the second half like a real world matrix and oh it was great i i loved it i was mad that it was over. I expect a season of a show to be 13 episodes. This was 12. So mm-hmm. when I went to hit play the next night, it was like, all right, we're going to wrap this up and move on. True Blood season two I got from the library. We'll move on to that in a minute. 
last episode, and she's like, oh, we watched that last night. And I was like, that's 12. Uh. <laughs> uh, Are they making more, I'm guessing? They're going to continue this? I don't know yet, but, I mean, I really hope so, because it's, I don't want to say it's on a cliffhanger. It's not really, but it's just sort of like everybody finally got on the same page. And it starts off with, uh, the show starts off with Daryl Hannah eating a bullet. Just so you oh. know, on her own volition. Uh, so oh. it, there's a lot going on on this show. It, it's really good. I encourage you to give it a shot. If, you, if you're and oh, you know, if you're extremely for our audience, if you're extremely extremely conservative and uh, don't like any gay stuff in your show, this is not for you. Um, I had no problem with any of it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, okay, because it's just a TV show, and you know what? Even yeah. if you're against, Amen. even if you're against all of that shit, and that's your right as a human to be uh, have your opinion. Gay people exist in this world. Trans people exist in this world, and they deserve to have characters and movies as well. Get over it. Amen. Heck yeah, I totally agree. Okay, and lastly, for half a review before we wrap this up, Nemesis. I've watched half of it on. On uh, on the computer Ooh. on YouTube, uh, and I'm loving it so far. You said this movie is about shooting and shooting and lots of shooting. You weren't freaking kidding, but yep. I'm really digging it. It's pretty cool, man. At first, yeah. I was like, "This is cheesy. This is cheesy." And then more th- more is, things yeah. happen, and I'm like, "Oh, this is co- kind of cool." Even though it's cheesy, it's cool. Like it's the a pinnacle of bad movie to where it's like I almost want to say it's good and then I then yeah. then I go no it's it's a bad movie <laughs> but I'm very much oh, enjoying it and I'm probably yeah. going to seek out creature after I finish this one up cuz that's the kind of mood that I'm in okay give us one yeah. more and we'll oh. wrap this whole thing up okay um so I'm going to I'm going to actually give you two but it's but I'll combine them into one and that is the sequels to this 1990 uh Bronx movie, Escape from the Bronx. <laughs> I totally interrupted you and didn't let you finish that. My bad. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. I, that's, um, but I mainly want to get to the last one in this series. Sure, go ahead. Escape no, from the ahead. Bronx is definitely better than 1990. More of the same. Uh, if you like Escape from New York, if you like the Mad Max movies, if you like Warriors, Walter Hill's Warriors, there. I can't imagine you wouldn't like these movies because it's Italian versions of those movies. Um, this particular movie, the sequel, Escape from the Bronx has a death toll of 174. Uh, 110 (laughs) people are killed in shootings, 40 by explosions, 9 by flamethrowers, a stabbing, an off-screen kill, and then various other things. uh, But How many many of the directors and producers were dragged into court to prove that their actors were still alive? Yes, there you go. (laughs) I don't believe it for one minute. (laughs) It's hysterical. It's more long-haired, cheesy Italian goodness. It's... Definitely better than the first one. The first one was good. This was better. However, the new Barbarians is the uh, the cream of the crop here. Uh, that one was I, the whole way through. I'm like, oh, Eric needs to see this. Yeah, Eric needs to th- see this, please. It's so good. I gave it four out of five put stars. It, put it on the stack. Sometimes I just need to get yeah. a whole stack of Blu-rays from you and just watch all of this crap. Oh. It's so good, and the the cars and this thing. It's this is a complete. I mean, I, it's almost plagiarism. How much this is a ripoff of Mad Max uh, Part Two, yeah. Road Warrior. It is. It's an Italian low budget version of that, um, but it is hilarious. Uh, 
it's a must watch, especially for our underbelly fans, mm. soft underbelly fans. It's great. I loved it. So that was kind of like the highlight of of a lot of what I've watched since our last episode was I just sat here with this big shitty and grin on my face. All and, Mad Max ripoff movies. I I would love to watch all of those. It sounds those are great. So for some reason, yeah, Italian Mad Max ripoffs, post apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. I love that stuff. Hey, you never know what's so. gonna hit. It's not like they sat around going. Mad Max, yes, this will be the greatest thing ever, and in 2015, it will be a, it will, the fourth sequel, third sequel will make $150 million. You never know. We, yeah. we could just as easily be sitting around watching Rotor Part 4. <laughs> now, you do know that uh, Asylum has their own version of Mad Max coming out, or it's, it's just been released. They have their own version of everything that's coming out. I, I'm working on a script right now. I'm pretty sure Asylum has uh, their version coming out of that as well. Their version of that and, coming out, yes. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's not <laughs> even, it's, it hasn't even been finished writing it. I'm sure they've got their own little guy yes. sitting on my shoulder, uh, hacking the internet. They pay him more than <laughs> they pay any of their actors and directors combined. Yep, starring Jesse Ventura and... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Probably. Uh, He probably would. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, John Cena was great. That was great. (laughs) And John Cena. (laughs) I guess we'll end with that. Jesse Ventura, two wrestlers and acting. Yes, two wrestlers, yeah. Uh, As always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. Uh, And until next time, I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. See ya.